Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 791, recording today on Wednesday, the... Oh, it's the 28th. So we're one day outside of a leap year. It is a leap year, because tomorrow is the 29th. And on the 1st is our live event. So if you're busy, uh, or not busy, rather, um, do either come along in person in Bath, or maybe... Uh, I think I can press a button. Maybe, uh, maybe that button will do it. If I do that, it'll throw... I get the link right this time. Yes, that's details. That's got the link to the uh, live stream, which will be uh, eight live acts playing. In fact, if I throw that there, you can see there's all the stuff. Uh, so do come along. Um, um, but anyway, I, this is a music technology podcast. You can tell because I've just plugged a live electronic music gig. And we're going to be talking about software and hardware and uh, all kinds of other things uh, as we go along. Software, synthesizers, uh, production, recording, many, many different uh, uh, the canon is large, I think, as we say. Uh, I also want to say thank you very much to our friends in the chat. I think the IRC, the freebie IRC that's embedded in the page is having a problem, but Wagyu's um, very kindly, as ever, doing his job moderating and also uh, connecting all the dots behind the scenes, which is why you can see uh, chat from YouTube and, uh, and, and IRC and other places as well. So uh, thank you very much for that. Right, thank you very much. Uh, what I should also put uh, is just a, a kind of coming up as well. This is all the sort of housekeeping that I like to do. Um, so we've got, uh, let me see, what have we got coming up here? Uh, I'm just trying to, try, uh, yeah, I press that one and I press that one, I think. And then it says, yes, don't forget, win a, K, a, a Teenage Engineering uh, Knockout 2, KO2. Uh, I think that finishes on the 5th, which is Tuesday. All you've got to do is go to that link, which I just posted in the, uh, in the chat, and you can enter. Um, they're going to ship it directly to you, so you can be anywhere in the world. I want to thank them very much for joining us uh, and, uh, and making that possible. Right, all the housekeeping done, we can get on to our guests. Uh, we can start. Um, look at it, look at it's Richard Nickel from Pittsburgh Modular, spelled correctly. He had such a good time last week, he had to come back. How are you, Richard? I did. I'm well, I'm well. It's good to be back. Another week and... Uh... Another busy week at Pittsburgh Modular. We do have something coming up next week. And so we've been uh, running around like crazy trying to get uh, everything organized for it. Yeah, finding all the tape for the boxes and the, uh, have you got enough stamps, all that sort of thing, I'd imagine. All those last minute things. I'm looking forward to, to that. Um, uh, and, um, of course, uh, Richard has, many people want to know what was on the shelf behind you from last week. And they are uh, 2600 game console uh, games. Is that right? Am I, did I get that correctly? Yeah, that's my collection of 2600 uh, games. I, I, I've got maybe 100, 150 of them at this point. Ah, nice, nice. Do you do you get much time to play them, or are you uh, do you just they're, they're, they're things of beauty, aren't they? It's the packaging that's often often. The... You know what? What I if I want to play it, I typically just open an emulator on my computer and play it that way. Very rarely <laughs> <laughs> do I use the actual effort. games. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's that old thing, isn't it? About uh, it's like the classic '70s synthesizer wizards who just go, "Oh God, no! I use a laptop now. I don't want to carry all that stuff around anymore. It's far too much <laughs> of a pain." <laughs> and uh, that chuckle that you heard there was uh, Paulie Bow, Magical Synth Adventure, who is standing up for this one. Uh, I'm standing doing up. a live stream later, so if you do check their their stream out. Um, is that why I you're am. standing? You you actually do look like a keyboard wizard, and your your trousers match your um match your Waldorf. If that's not is that yeah. <laughs> so? What are you doing tonight? <laughs> the curtains match the Waldorf. Uh, I am <laughs> doing a um. That's we've already got a show title. If we don't have any I more, think there could so be, the I, um, I'm just going to write that down. 
<laughs> the um, Roland XV and JV engine. Still got plenty of life in it, basically. So I'm going to just show off some of the weird sounds I've made because anything with a ring modulator and an FM can sound weird. So I've got an XV2020 below and I've got this MC307, which is based on the JV2080 architecture. So I'm going to just play some patches, do a bit of um, on-the-screen, you know, live editing. Excellent. Because I can what, do that what now. Time? I can do all this WizKid stuff now. 6 p.m. So I'll PM, probably so be running off about 5 from this. Okay. Right. Brilliant. Ish, well, maybe. Uh, Just after 5. Glad to, glad to hear it. We've yes. also got a review coming up from uh, Paulie Soon. I've uh, been working on the Megasynthesis uh, from Liven. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look at that because I've been uh, here setting up all of the Emom stuff, which is, <laughs> as I already plugged out, I won't go into it again. But uh, I, I can't no, wait cool. to see that, Paulie. Excellent. And finally, yeah, and finally, we've got, look who it is. It's Paul, it's Robin Vincent from Synth East, fresh back. Hey, you you don't look like a man who's just put on a weekender event. <laughs> Do I not? You look, you I've, look, no, you I've don't look been... tired. You don't look distressed. <laughs> you look fine. I'm glad to hear it, though. Oh, it's all beneath the surface. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've tried to take a couple of days off, funnily enough. Which is which has been nice, although impossible. But you know, the idea was there, and the intention of not doing <laughs> too much. So uh, I've had a little bit of time to recover, which is which is great. I'm really but, glad to hear. Uh, and how did it go? I mean, I'm sorry I couldn't make it, but it was just too close to our own thing, and we've got quite a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes here. So uh, I do well, apologise. Next year, it was yeah, it was superb. I mean, my one worry going into it is that last year was just such a perfect event that I thought it's bound to just go downhill from there. We sort of peaked on our first one, but as it happens, no, it was it was easily just as good <laughs> with uh, with other things and different things. In fact, going into it it just felt a lot calmer because it's like mm. on nine o'clock Saturday morning, the first time around where we started it off and it's like, I have no idea what we're supposed to do. And all the manufacturers turned up and just sort of started setting up tables and it just sort of went on, which was great. But this time around, at least I knew what was supposed to happen. And the likelihood is that, the, Oh, well, look at that, that it would, uh, yeah, it would no, just I've got go off. 360. Yeah. That's very exciting. Stuff. I, oh, it, uh, it's, it, uh, so we're just looking at uh, this is at Norwich Arts Centre. I think I've done a gig oh. there many, many years ago with uh, when it was Acid Jazz Days. Oh wow! Uh, if I press that button, then you can still be in the Ooh. frame as well. There we go. Look, that's very exciting. So this is meta. So this is it. Yeah, in yeah, this is it. So we had Korg in the foyer with Electronic Sound, who are my sort of co-collaborators, collaborators in this this event, and then in the main hall is where most of the manufacturers are. Are hanging about and nice. uh, we also have the performances in there so it's all mixed in together so uh, every hour or so you get someone entertaining you with some bleeps and bloops uh, as well as having your head stuck in uh, some of somebody's synthesizer so that's an interesting format did how did that 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 seems like a really uh, really good idea how did that work out was that was that yeah you know, oh, it oh, it's, did that work yeah, it, it's really working. I mean, it was kind of borrowed from Modular Meets up in Leeds, really. That's kind yes, of how they right, ben, they yeah. did it. And so um, I thought, yeah, that's a really good way of doing it. And because we only really had the one space. And as it turned out, I mean, last year when we tried it out, what the manufacturers said was that it was actually really nice because they got a break. 
sort of every hour on the hour, more or less, there was like a 10, 15 minute performance. And so everyone looked at that and they got a chance to go, oh, I'm going to go for a wee and get a cup of coffee and that kind of thing, which is unusual, apparently, at a, at a show. Yeah. And no, so it really, it really breaks it up. It gives it sort of a, a chance to breathe. And also, you know, the performances aren't bad either, I mean, yeah, which is a bonus. So we just have a, have a bloody good time of it. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that up there. I, yeah. I must admit, I'm, I'm really digging 360 video. I think it's great, isn't it? It really does kind of help you get an idea of... Uh, apart from it makes everybody look like they've got much bigger noses than they really yes. do have in real life. <laughs> which is, um, it's, just a, it's just an unfortunate byproduct, but hey, you know, we can, we can live with that. <laughs> it is. But yeah, good time was had by all, as far as I understand it. So uh, that's great. Can't wish for more than that. Excellent. I'd just like to point out that was probably my finest composite shot I've ever done on Sonic Tour. The 360 view <laughs> and you at the side. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one, and yeah, I didn't nice. make it break. It looked effortless. It looked, it looked, it wasn't though. You just see what's going on below the, <laughs> b below the fold. It's, it's a terrible mess. Um, anyway, well, that's everybody's intro. That's all the introductions done. Um, let's see what we got. We got a few topics as well. So, okay, uh, this seems quite, it's quite sort of. Um, it's quite software heavy this time, but that's okay because sometimes that's just the way it goes. So this is something called Rando, which is um, it's youth speak for somebody sort of maybe in your face that even that is quite random, I suppose. Uh, it's often spoken. The, the idea of this software is it, it what it does is it will just map a bunch of samples across your keyboard at, at the click of a button. You can fix where they want to be. You've got edit points over, uh, I think there's some um, uh, like volume envelopes and trigger types and looping and that stuff. It's quite a nice idea. And I really thought it did something that it doesn't, but it should. So the idea is it scans all of your samples and you just kind of go, fill me a keyboard up with samples. I mean, here's, you know, you can search for things. You can say, don't don't swap these out. And presumably you can save presets and whatnot. On offer for $49. Uh, I think it might be a bit more when it gets going. Um, I was hoping what it would actually do would allow you to build a load of kits. And it would go, I know this is a kick. Kick is always on C whether it's, you know, what octave, snare's mm. always on D, at least in my drum map anyway, hi-hats on F-sharp, open hi-hat, F-sharp, G-sharp, and then you could just kind of make a pattern that you were happy with and hit random and it would replace the kicks and the snares and the hi-hats and you go, oh yeah, that's better. But, but See, that's that. a bloody good idea, isn't it? That's a really good idea. Why don't they do that? You should <laughs> throw that out there. I'm a programmer. That, uh, yeah, I think there's probably something that AI could probably do quite easily. But yeah, this, I mean, I'm not dissing this at all. I just thought this was what it did. Because, I mean, as we all know, I mean, programming drums, mm. you either end up in a situation where you just kind of go, oh, I'll find a preset, you know, I, I, my, they're mapped to my pad so I can trigger them properly. Because you don't want, you know, your kick drum on, on C9 and then, you know, your hi-hat on F2 or something. You want some sort of continual consistency because then it makes it easier for me muscle memory. And anything that makes that easier, I mean, this this works mm. nicely in that it'll just throw, here's a keyboard of random sounds that you might want to trigger. And I think that's kind of quite good from a creativity point of view. But yeah, I think, you, I, I think I'm right, actually, Robin. And you're yeah, right I think too. you are. Yes, we're all right what? with this. I mean, there's a lot of this about at the moment that I, 
I was recently reading about, is it Atlas and XO as well, different things that we seem to be obsessed with managing our sample library. So we all have these incredibly bloated sample libraries. Well, at least I do. I don't even know which drive it's on anymore. It just fills up great big corners of your computer um, with very little hope of finding anything within it, really. And there's a lot of people are having this idea of finding ways of, uh, of digging back into that. And this seems to be kind mm. of another one of those. Um, I mean, I like the idea that it just throws it across your keyboard, but you're right. I mean, if ever I come across a drum kit that's not general MIDI mapped, then I'm very upset most of the time <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> why, is that, yeah, why is that not there? I know that that ride symbol is going to be bang on. Yeah, well, hang on there. It is always on that on? note. Where's it gone? Where's my bird tweet gone? I need that now. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, so to, to scatter them a bit randomly seems seems weird. But I, I mean, I like the idea that it's trying to get you to encourage you into yeah. your sample library. That's that's a very positive thing because there is stuff in there that's been gathering dust inevitably. But I mean, the whole tagging thing, I always find interesting because I've never got, oh, I've never been bothered. Can be bothered? Who can to tag be? stuff? How much so, time? You know, have, how much spare time have you got? I mean, I really. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. I mean, is it a plug-in looking for a job? Really? I mean, that you end up spending your fifty quid on just another sample pack that you'll use the once and then. I don't. Well, no, I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, I don't thing. think it it, it. it does. I mean, that's what I like the idea of. It curates your own thing. I mean, I mm. know Richard. It's a bit like you know, in Google Photos, go remember these. And you go, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. And it's kind of like that in a way. You know, it allows you to sort of rediscover things you didn't know you had or that you, you'd forgotten about, which isn't a bad thing, say, at all. No, I, I found this really interesting just because I'm the same way. I have a big folder. I just throw stuff in. I don't really pay attention to what it is or where it's going. And this is a great way to sort of explore that. I did feel like that they, they could have used that user interface a little bit better. Um, it would be nice if above each key that maybe the name of the sample was written. So you had some sense because, you know, that large keyboard that they give you there, they fill it with samples, but you still then have to go and press every key mm, to go through them. If I could at least could read two, what it was, I could say, view. yeah, oh, a two yeah. octave view with, bigger, with, with writing on it. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. And I, after watching a couple of the videos for this, I, it started, I didn't notice at first, but it started to drive me a little crazy, is that the that big circle they have with the four-second animation that loops, um, after a while, it just you start to watch it and be like, oh, now the bottom's going to bubble out and the top's going to bubble out, because it's, it's, not, uh, it's not animated, it's just a four-second loop. Uh, but other than that, if they would put the names in there, I think I I would definitely use this thing because it's it's it seems like a fun way to sort of uh, look back on your past. Mm. <laughs> well, and also to be just to be able to access because I mean I I used to have loads of samples on my that's particularly because I used to be a drum program was my thing so I had all of these. Uh, you know, very. They started as Akai's, then they got kind of converted to ESX, then they got converted no to Sample Cell, then to ESX, and so I've just got folders of this crap. That, you know, but we're no longer on my current computer. I know, Paulie. How do you? Yes. Because one shot. I mean, they're small enough. It's just that. How do you manage yours? Do you bake build kits out of them and then try and keep them? To hand? I randomly I use sound fonts because I'm you know archaic uh, like that. So I'll chuck my <laughs> samples into a sound font and then just have one file with a load of banks in, you know, of like various stuff. 
you know, I guess you could do it in contact. But yeah, I think this is a great start of um, like plugins named after Gen Z uh, lingo. So we've got rando. So next we're going to get turnt, yeet, um, bougie, maybe. Yeah. Bougie will be, have like diamonds on it. Pang. Be quite good. But Pang. yeah. Peak. Yeah, we could get the whole lot, couldn't we? I, I, I had a. Um, I've got a teenage daughter. I, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm not, in no way about. is my finger on the pulse whatsoever. I, I had like a 22 year old colleague once, and I was spending half my time looking at Urban Dictionary whenever I went to the loo. What the hell is she saying? <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. It happens to us all, I guess. Um, I want to know is there a way of selectively, you know, doing it? Because if your hard drive is half full of samples of you just whipping the cabin boy that gets a bit samey after a while yeah that's true (laughs) so 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 i'm wondering is there a way you can kind of stop that and just go here's the good stuff and maybe just cabin boy every 10 percent of the time one per octave perhaps yeah i don't know it's interesting i i don't think i don't think it uh I don't think it does any AI analytical stuff, but there are, I know that, Yo, I forget okay. the one that Yoad's always talking about and he says it's really good for creating, so you can find a snare and then it sort of creates a little universe of things that have the similar sonic characteristics that you could just go, oh, that one instead. And so there's there's probably something in here that we're waiting to have happen that's going to make it a lot easier for us to be able to to find and replace samples. Because, I mean, it is a snore, isn't it? I mean, I, I think when I was a kid, you know, I'd build all of these sample sets. I'd go, right, okay, here's a load of things that was like, here's four octaves of itchy percussion sort of sounds. Here's a four octaves of drum of, of kick drums but then i could never yeah. program them properly and i'd have to sort of reprogram so i could go well i want the kick you know it's the, this sort of remapping yeah. thing i think is probably there's some there's something to mine there perhaps in terms of how maybe Definitely. ai maybe this is something that ai you know i wouldn't mind a midi paper clip that could help me out doing that sort of stuff i don't know how you feel about it but you know <laughs> maybe not a paper clip maybe it'll have to be i don't know what could it be what's what's the music equivalent of a paper clip what about a, a treble clef or oh, that's really cheesy a cowbell or a, yeah a cowbell. perfect the midi yeah okay well that's it anyway this is uh, rando uh, i think i put the link in the notes uh, i'll just put that there again it seems to be yeah rando uh, we put uh, a, a news item up about it uh a little while back but it's 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 cool enough okay uh let's see what's next um i suppose we could i mean you know there's there's more there's more drum stuff there's more let's go actually let's go for the the um the next drum one as well because i think then we can explore this whole notion of how we uh, approach drums a little deeper so here's um what's this one? Oh, this is clev grand one shot which is it does Multi-velocity layers, sort of round-robin stuff. Uh, it's got nine slots, which is great for those uh, drum pads. As we've seen, most of them have nines. And there's something very nice and dry about this. He's playing on the Nord drum. Uh, there's another one where, so yeah, we've got that, uh, nine slots, two effects per slot. And then all these sort of trigger modes. It just seems like a really smart way to do it. I and mean, it's not the first one. There are a number of other products like this on the market, but. Oh yeah. Anyway, there's too much jingle going on there. I don't, once again, another <laughs> way of managing this. This is actually comes with a big library, and it's not doing any clever stuff in terms of kind of telling you what samples you should use. But it just seems like a very simple. 
very effective in all the videos I've seen is just somebody with a, a, a like a, an NPC, not an NPC, a, an Alesis or a, a, a Roland, a, you know, drum pad system that just it makes it very easy for them to to build kits on. This also looks good as well. Um, do you, I, I'm coming back to you, Richard. I mean, you know, again, drums. Do you find that you're always looking for the ideal scenario? Because I mean, like, like we mentioned briefly in the previous topic, it's very hard to find and build your own kits without getting involved in kind of basically an IT project, I think. I think there's been a couple of nice software solutions over the years for this. Uh, as far as uh, plug-in, I used to use the Reason drums. Um, and that was nice because you could set where the mic was going to go. And it was very easy to sort of tweak the kit like you're miking a real drum kit. And that was really nice. Um, as I was watching this video, it sort of reminds me of that Reason uh, refill, except this is sort of... It sounds a little bit better, maybe, and uh, the interface is very clean. So I think for something that you want something fast and you just want it to sound good, this is this is a nice way to go. Uh, recently, I've, I've sort of switched, uh, as you can imagine, to hardware drum machines. But I do play around on my laptop all the time, and I'm always pulling samples from here and there. And to have something like this where I could just turn it on pick a drum kit and go and I know it's going to sound good um, and keep my mind in sort of the creative space and not the engineering space is, is always a positive thing. Yeah, I think that's that's a valid point. I mean, it's like we're trying to remove friction from these from the process. It's all well and good mm -hmm. if you're putting on a live show and you have to program it up so that everybody, you know, things are in the right place and you've got the right samples where they are. But, but when you just want to play some drums or build a drum track it's it's a very uh it's a very different sort of um brain approach i think isn't it robin i don't know mm. Do you, i mean I, this you can also add your own samples to this as well so you could sample that kind of uh, millions of modular blips and bloops if you were happen to be in that <laughs> mode so. and then drop them in there yeah, I suppose. I mean, I I do play normal music too. So uh, looking for a, a decent drum kit is something that does use up my time from from time to time. I mean, I find that the the big the big kits like the Stephen Slate drums or the uh, Abbey Road this that and the other sixties drums, seventies drums, eighties drums that they all seem to be in some ways overwhelming. Where you've got all this choice and all this level and this big kit in front of you and a quite a complicated interface i mean the thing that i funny enough there's two that i use the most one is brushify by uh by sample sun it's the brush kit i love brush kits which you can never find mm. and this is a particularly uh good one it's not i don't want the the stir in the pot part of a brush kit which is what you always seem to get i just like the sound of brushes on a drum kit and so they do that brilliantly with this brushify pro kit it's just one kit and it's like finger drums and brushes and it's beautiful there's that is very very simple it doesn't have loads and loads of stuff hanging around it the other one is the spitfire labs the free drum oh yeah uh, set they do which is just you can play it and it just sounds nice it's a little bit over the top but it's not massively processed it's very acoustic so both of those are the sort of things that i go to straight away because i'm usually just trying to do some kind of demo and it's a good thing to to play what i like about the clevgrand stuff is that they have a a vibe and a style about them that somehow instills me with confidence because all of the things that they do just have this feel to them 
um, that mm. I know is not going to be Stephen Slate drums. This is going to be <laughs> the kind of the opposite of that somehow, um, in that it's not a massive rock kit. This is going to be something interesting and nuanced and quirky and and stuff. And you've, obviously they've got 8,000 samples in there, so I'm sure they've got everything. But I imagine, having not used it, that the interface is going to be is going to be easy. It's going to be straightforward, and it's going to be giving you the things that you want rather than absolutely everything. Because I mean, I think you got like individual control over each each sound within each slot. I think there's fifteen slots rather than nine. Maybe you can only see oh, well, nine on the page. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but um, I I imagine that it's that they're the way they do things their ease of use and their interface uh which is always very good is going to uh work really well in this in this sort of situation can you still find a kit that you want to play i don't know that's that's always what it comes down to well I think. yeah who knows uh 99 bucks intro price 149 for the for the full thing i know i'm paulie i mean i you know i've heard the drums programming in uh, in your music and it's 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 sure. it's a lot of the time it's actually very complex and quite realistic in some places and very machine-like in others so you obviously spend a lot of time yeah. with it i mean i don't know whether this is something that yeah. would work for you necessarily because it's already it's sort of pre-curated yeah i i don't know actually because obviously for for anything acoustic i really like addictive drums like still the original version, Addictive Drums 1, has got so many mics and so many options and stuff like that for acoustic kits. Um, mm. You know, I really like that. But I'm aware that, you know, time marches on and 32-bit plugins aren't going to be easily supported forever. So this, this plugin had a really nice, from the demo, introspective kind of raw um sound and something that was quite soft something that you could kind of use on quite a sort of quirky mm. indie mix really maybe with some kind of wistful female vocal you know slightly melancholic and i was like yeah this is this is really nice so i, I think it's a good product um if i didn't already have what i've got because i tend to layer some acoustic samples occasionally i'll just get on a real kit and just you know bash something out uh because yeah. i am a drummer as well i know it's sickening isn't it all these musical skills are <laughs> and drums and to then ukulele. other times yeah yeah and the ukulele as well yeah when i used to play um george formby on uh on the stream but yeah um other times I'll use like really old hardware stuff like the Yamaha RX and the RY and stuff like that. So I've got like a big variety of of drum sounds available and still these from this demo kind of made my ears prick up and go, well, okay. I could see them working in certain mixes. So yeah, yeah, I don't know sure if it's enough for me to actually put down money, but yeah. I don't know how big, I'm not sure how large the disc imprint it is uh, about 8,000 ones. I mean, I think the thing is, is like, like we've all said, you know, there are these kind of multi mic studio kit disc streaming solutions, but it, it's not that far different from actually having to get a drummer in the studio, mic them up and get them to sound the way you want. I mean, obviously there's loads of presets and stuff, but you have, you know, to get that involved. And when you're getting into almost, you know, mic per drum or more than one mic sure. per drum, how much of the low, how much of the under snare do I want? How much of the upper, how much of the room mic? you know, it's like, it, it's it's a lot of work but i suppose it does mean you can build your own 
signature kit, which if you were doing, I don't know, a rock album or something, it would make sense to spend yeah. a lot of time to get that kit sound and then have the sort of overall vibe that you wanted. But yeah, it's interesting. There's, there's, there's so many, there are so many ways to tackle the drums like this, but yeah, this, this one does look like a, a cool, uh, a cool system. I must admit. Okay, uh, let's see. Well, we've got more topics. So, uh, fortunately, <laughs> we go back one. Uh, maybe we'll go to... Uh, ooh, I don't know, actually. No, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to uh, Tip Top Art System. Why have not? There are some great moments in life. For us, a moment like that happened five years ago when we fired up the prototype, put to test a new type of modular synthesizer signal. We call the signal Art. Like CV, gate, and trigger, art is now another type of signal in our UREC systems. So this is the tip-top sort of one-wire multi-channel control system. But today art is not just a new signal, but everything... David, I, I won't... I mean, this is... The, the idea is, is it's a sort of single-wire multi-channel multi system that allows you to kind of take a controller system, which may be the Octopus, which is about 300 quid, and then run multiple mm. voices, multiple gates, multiple CV out of one wire, which I, I, I can see as a modular thing is kind of a holy grail, this idea that there's a modular bus that's sort of behind all the wires. The thing yeah. about this one is that it's still not available um, and they've been sort of attempting to explain it in a more succinct way, it seems, for the entire time <laughs> that they've released it, which I think is maybe somewhat problematic, uh, just purely because it it, it it seems like a great idea, probably is a great idea, but it's just quite hard to, to convince other people about that. So I'm curious what the panel thinks about this. I mean, obviously Richard uh, has a, a, a thing in the game because you make modules. So, you know, that's a, that's a caveat, a disclaimer. So we should, we should point that out. But I think it's kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? And I think, you know, you, from what I saw, you can get prices that I think the octopus is where you start. It's, that's a th about 320 quid. Then there's a single VCO, which is about 200 quid. I mean, I don't know how much tip top stuff is generally, but it feels like it's quite a premium sort of, scenario and while the idea seems great i'm just i wonder what you think because we've we've seen it a few times mm. you know people have attempted to explain it and people have quite often said i still don't get it do you get it no. robin uh, uh, momentarily at, at times and then i lose it again they what they need to do is give it to an idiot like myself you know someone who flounders to flounder through it properly you know to really flap around in it and go oh, i just don't yeah. understand and try to reason it out because there's there's something there there's definitely something there and it looks very good and i did understand it briefly at bristronica when the guy was explaining it to me and then i walked away and it gone it just fell out of my head <laughs> and it's like oh, damn it i had it uh but then i watched right. a video today actually that was talking about that they there was a two minute video so they are trying to get it down where they just plugged one thing into one thing and it's starting to get there now and this is still a single patch cable which is this it's this i uh, flip-flop between that being genius we're using the same cable and stupid because we're using the same cable and it's doing something different so why confuse ourselves we did this with midi and trs we just blew our own minds for no reason so all right well, so we've got this cable going from the octopus into your into the vco and that's sending no information you know big deal we do that all the time 
And so you, you sort of think to yourself, well, why is this interesting? Uh, but it's also sending gate information. So does that mean it's got a built-in VCA? Well, yeah, we do that. So we've saved ourselves one cable. But then where's the envelope? The envelope's somewhere else? Well, then what was this gate thing coming in? Then what was the point of that? And then you can stack that into a polyphonic module and it suddenly has an entire polyphony thing going on but then what is mm. that first monophonic module what is that taking which note of the polyphonic stuff is it taking and how do you know and do you govern that do you control that and then it spills out is the other thing as i say and then they have this quantizer which isn't a quantizer i can start getting agitated now that it, oh, it does it I'm takes so sorry it, i didn't mean to, it, i didn't mean to get you <laughs> It takes CV and it converts that into art. So that's not quantizing. Why is it called a quantizer? Somebody help me. But, you know, so I think they're, I think they're just messing with us. I think that's all it is. And, uh, and at Slipperbooth, they'll say, ah, oh, it was just a ruse, right? And here's another, here's another regular analog module. Sorry. I think, I think, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say that perhaps the messaging is slightly uh, obfuscated in this product. But the idea of, having a, a, a busing system which means you don't have to patch everything i mean that's already been done to a degree mm. isn't it with the dope for cv bus isn't it? i mean richard you'll yeah. you'll know but i think did, did did your modules or have your modules supported that the, yes there we go there's a man wearing a dope for t-shirt <laughs> i mean it's a but it's it's a good idea right to have something that would be of a, of a standard that would make busing these things more straightforward is it yeah I think what they're what uh, this art system is doing is it's it's very publicly trying to solve really hard engineering problems, uh, and they're trying to do both at the same time, which is always very difficult. Uh, yes, it's nice to have a bus to connect between the modules. Uh, different companies use it for different reasons, and as long as you stay in their ecosystems, it's great. I know TipTop used to use it mm. for uh, clock signals. Uh, Dope first sort of uh, set it aside as uh, pitch CV and gate. We never used it because it always seemed a little bit confusing as to uh, why would I want something always receiving the same signal. If I can't see the wire, I don't want to know it's happening. But this art system I do find really fascinating. And I think it is uh, both simpler than everyone's making it out to be and maybe a little bit uh, deeper. Um, it's simple in the fact that they've taken MIDI and created sort of a faster, modular-focused uh, equivalent. And that, right. that is really nice to be able to, and that solves a really important problem, which is to keep your oscillators in tune. If you play a C3 oh, on yes, your keyboard, too, yeah. this is going to give you a C3. And I think that's an interesting problem that they've solved um, with this format of theirs. But then they've also done a lot more. And uh, with the idea of they're using uh, USB-C style jacks to carry eight signals at once um and then they're using mono jacks to carry the digital signals so i think in the larger scope um this is probably going to be a tip-top thing for quite a while but in as far as what they're doing to solve uh real musical problems like when i turn on my modular and i want to play a c i can play a c um i think that's going to spur a lot of innovation in the Eurorack community at large. And that's a really good thing. I think what Gur did here is really impressive, and I think it's going to help propel Eurorack forward. 
Yeah, I know. I think that's a fair point. Mm. I'd forgotten about the pitching thing. That was a really key thing, particularly if you're doing polyphonic work. I think where I was a bit confused was because I said, well, what if you want to tune to 444 rather than 440? And at the time I spoke to them, that they didn't have that. I mean, I'm sure it's a pretty simple thing at, at the kind of octopus level to be able to go, oh, master tuning is this instead. So that's not such a big deal. But I don't know, standards and formats, oh, it's, it's a minefield, isn't it? Oh. It's really difficult. Um, and and they, I mean, they must be, there must be, uh, you know, there's a lot of time and investment in this. And, I, you know, we want it to work yeah. because we don't want to see yeah. companies fail at all. But it's it's got a, it's a quite a, a, a steep incline. So they have to really make it uh, compelling, I suppose. Sure, sure. Um, they really need to send one to Robin as quickly as possible because <laughs> I want to see that stream where Robin slowly loses his mind and slowly loses reality. <laughs> what is this yeah i think you know the little the little glimpse we um we just got there it was youtube gold it was like a comedy yeah, act well, in and of itself i loved it so <laughs> it's fantastic man versus synth um i'm i don't quite understand it yet this is actually the first i saw of it i haven't been following this so the link was the first I I saw of it. I liked the thing where apparently, you know, they've they've gotten the videos shorter and shorter, and as time has gone on, trying to <laughs> explore this crazy new standard. Um, but the thing that's the thing that kind of sang to me in what I saw and what I read was, I like the look of the wavetable oscillators. I think there's two different ones, aren't there? There's one which is based uh, yeah, on the PPG. Is it called the and there's one called the Vortex, I think. Um Right. Yeah. They look really, really cool. Just as, you know, regular regular modules, they look really cool. Um so but with this extra functionality that I'm not I'm not quite sure yet. And it asks the it asks the important question, I guess, should the um should the polyphonic synthesizer world and the euro rack world meet should they mm. you know um and some people will say yes you know let's keep pushing forward and trying to do this um whereas other people might see it more as no i want my my modular for just patching stuff and i want full like visual eyes on what signals are going where i don't want to bust underneath hidden from mm. from view um and i'll have my polyphonic stuff for my polyphonic stuff and you know it's going to take quite an effort i think to kind of merge those two worlds and and make people want to to try it i think um because mm. people have got used to one thing for one other thing for the other i guess yeah that's very true um, actually I do, I, I, I try another it. important point Another important point is uh, it's unclear for now whether they make it an open standard, because obviously that's going to be quite a big deal. If it's license, if it's sure. licensable stuff, that's going to create quite a lot of friction 
in, in adoption if it's if it's a free and open standard thing and they've just got a march on it because they've been building stuff in ahead to sort of show that might be, so that decision presumably I, yeah, i'm yeah, sure when i spoke to them they did mention that it was an open stand but i don't remember now maybe, maybe that's not the same i know richard whether you perhaps know you might know because i'd imagine they'd be talking to manufacturers about you know how they're going to implement it is it do you know if it's a licensable thing or an open standard he hasn't reached out to us at all i did uh see on one of the videos that he said it's going to be open uh, but looking through the website uh yesterday i didn't see anything where there was information on the standard at all although uh based on what he was talking about it doesn't look very mm. difficult to implement um and that's mm. that's a nice thing about it is it it seems like it would be even on the analog side uh very easy to implement I found I found the whole thing uh, really interesting, and back to the uh, modular versus polysynth debate. I think and that was one of maybe my biggest concern was this was what modular synths excel at is complexity, mm. having a monophonic mm. sound that is very complex and very evolving, uh, and polyphonic synths typically have. Uh, smaller said smaller is probably not the right word but simpler sounds that you can play simultaneously to get that largeness and i noticed in the patches that i saw in his videos they're typically an oscillator into a filter into a vca with an envelope controlling them and that's pulling modular back into the idea of simpler sounds and mm. Mm. As I thought this through, I was thinking, well, that's that's no good, but it does give you the ability to do both. So you're adding yeah. this functionality where it wasn't there before, and that's a really positive thing. Uh, like I said, Gurr's really trying to solve some very hard problems here, and I think he's uh, – I, I commend him for uh, getting this far. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. I think there's a lot to be said on this, and it's you know it's a it's a it's a bold move, and we do wish them well. I mean, I guess yeah. we'll see them at Superbooth, um, uh, and we'll see where we've got. And I imagine they'll have another uh, a compelling demo. But I think some of those points about pulling modular in to a simpler fashion, because you can always buy a module that is just MIDI and is polyphonic. I mean, there's uh, Nobula, there's there's a bunch of them, you know, cinematic, and so mm. that, you could do that stuff, which makes yeah. it a little simpler. Okay. I'm getting quite good at these now. Maybe I don't need to record voiceovers anymore. Um, right. Okay. So um, let's have a look. So, gosh. So we've done that. We've done that. Um, let, okay. Let's now take a look at... Uh, this is something that I shot at... Um, uh, what was it called? It was called... Uh, Buchler and Music Friends. Mester. That's right. And Nam. No, music messy, yeah. As if <laughs> remember that? Yeah, music. Gosh, I, now there's, a, there's a thought. When was the last time... You, I know Paulie probably didn't go. Well, okay, Richard, when was the last time you went to Music Massa? Can you remember the year? I was, uh, it was the last super booth there. So uh, I, I don't know what year that 15, was. 16? But that was the only one that I went to. Yeah, probably around oh, then. Oh, massive, wasn't it? When we say Nam's big, super, that used to be one of the biggest, I mean, it had like 10 halls with two floors each. It was ridiculous. I remember the first time I went there, I was carrying a laptop around because I was trying to show people what websites were about. And it wasn't, you know, it was before laptops got light. 
and I had to have about five or six months of uh, physiotherapy afterwards to, to correct my shoulder. And I, th I don't think it's still straight. In fact, one of my shoulders is, light, is taller than the other. And I think it's probably from that particular event. I don't know. Robin, what about you? Did you ever go to Music Massa? You must have done Oh, yes. Yeah, last time was probably sort of 2003 something like that i was i was all over the millennium in in that sort of a that sort of arena i seem to remember uh, meeting the people who wrote the oh uh, the the freeware buddha voice thing that was a vst plugin oh, that yes, was the, so uh, hot right Dalai, now delay lama delay lama the delay lama there we go yeah that's a that's what i remember as that i think Gosh, and also the spaceship amazing. that was dofa at the time that just seemed baffling when I was seeking out software, and there was this, you know, this this weird guy with all this bleepy silver stuff. <laughs> I do, I do miss, I do miss uh, Frankfurt actually. Even though I always used to find because we'd go and do LA, and then Frankfurt would be, you know, six or eight weeks later or whatever it was. I can't remember the spacing, mm -hmm. and Frankfurt would cost more money. <laughs> and it just sort of felt, <laughs> hold on, what's the, I'm not even in California. I'm in somewhere where it's cold <laughs> and it rains a lot. What, what's going on? That's not correct. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been to Frankfurt. Uh, it's quite a, an, an um, unusual city. Very, very vibrant red light district. And uh, sort of uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. near the railway station. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not suggesting that's what you'd be interested in well, in any way, shape, or form. Vibrant red light district. You'll love it, poorly. Um, Nick, <laughs> was the laptop? Was the laptop you took something like this, Beamoth? from the 90s? Uh, that's or was an old it, Mac a bit more it, modern? it would have been. It would have been a Dell, probably. Yeah, but it, yeah, but probably something like chunky that, things. Yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Not much um, okay, well, thanks for the recommendation on Frankfurt's red light <laughs> district. That's, that's Although, also yeah. one of the best Italian restaurants I've ever been to, which was really good. But anyway, I, I digress. We did have a topic in here somewhere. I can't remember what okay. it was. Oh, that's a, right. A night yeah. is yeah. forming, a night out is forming. It's forming. Here we go. This is what I was actually talking about. So, yeah, Buchler and Friends. Gosh, I'm there in the end. I get that. So, this was um, Wave Sequencer. Hyperion. Uh, I, I met with Paul and it's basically an absolute monster of a synthesizer, you know, 16-part yeah. multi-timbral, coded for multi-threaded uh, work. It's really sort of modern coding, like, you know, so it's it's way more advanced than perhaps Reactor because the code base is much more modern. It's got oscillator modules, it's got uh, macros, it's got effects. I mean, it's insanely you know, you you basically build this entire, but it's also really efficient, and it's it's programmed, designed, marketed, graphics, everything by one guy, which I think is what probably makes it a specific, a very unique and specific product. And uh, I I, sh I shot a video with uh, with Paul. I think it's Paul. Yes, his name's Paul. And. Uh, um, it was, you know, he went through it all and it was really, how come I've never heard of this? Because it really was kind of quite mind-blowing. I know, Robin, you, you right. were nodding with affirmation there, so I'm guessing you might have heard of it or are you now Googling it? <laughs> no, no, I, I reviewed it for Sound on Sound when it ah. first came out. Ah, okay. That was 20, 2021. I was just looking it up because I can't remember what the heck I said. <laughs> but yeah, um, well, I know that my, my, yeah, my impression of it, uh, the time is that it's it, you're right it's a it's a massively uh deep and interesting 
uh, thing. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it looks. I hadn't looked at it for a little while, and it looks like they've put a new front end on it, which is no bad thing because it's a little bit scary behind the scenes. You've got these massive, not massive, masses of nodes. So these little mm. uh, pinpoints and rows of stuff that have got all their ins and outs attached to them as little sort of tags, and you essentially build this modular synth within the environment, and you've got layer upon layer upon layer of them. 16, and you can, sixteen can, layers, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you can you can portal sort of like CV from one layer into another layer. So you've got it not only sort of spread out in front of you this way, but it's also going in depth as well. And you've got modulation and signal routing from one to another. So you can have like an effects layer that you route everything else to or an FM layer that's modulating other bits. Well, you can organize it however you like. You can do the whole thing on a single page if you like. So it has the potential of being unwieldy, but the power within there is quite is quite amazing. And so, I mean, it has like a, a bit of an orderless feel to it, that kind of software modular system. Right. Um, but so at the time on the first version, you only had a little bit of control down either side in, in sort of knobs and stuff. Whereas now it looks like they've brought out those macros, which you could make and put them on a lovely front end, which is which is no bad thing because it gives you the ability to control because you control a whole load of controls on a single knob and it yeah. becomes a very evolving very um, expressive synthesizer but uh, and as almost like a byproduct all this fascinated connection of everything it sounds bloody good as well all at the same time so it has it's like you know, it's like hitting a big workstation like hitting a Korg M1 and you get these yeah. big combi sounds coming out of it it has that sort of vibe to it because it looks very oh it's going to be bleepy and it's going to be a little bit sort of raw and it's not it's huge it's massive sounds that come out of this thing but you just that you get all of the access to what's going on behind the scenes so yeah that's yeah. a lot of fun in there well that i should also point out there's a there's a Thayer, I think it's called Thayer, I don't know how you pronounce it, it which is a player which just plays the patches, so you sort of see mm. that macro thing and you get a bit of editing, mm. and that's I can't remember how much that costs, I mean I think the whole thing costs 129 bucks, so Thayer probably yeah. is considerably less than that, so it might be worth doing it for a patch flip thing, it's interesting though isn't it, because sometimes when you're, it's like being confronted with Reactor, or I found the same yes. thing with, uh, yes. what's the Spectrosonics thing, the, 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 the kind of just the, the do everything, synth. I've forgotten what it's called now, the, that's been Omnisphere. for years, it's Omnisphere, I could, I just look at it and I go, I can't actually handle the concept of this. It's too much in one go, and I wonder if it suffers a little bit from from that uh, overness. And the idea mm. of doing the macros is actually a really smart idea. I know, Richard. I, I don't know how much you use uh, software instruments, and you know, it, it, for convenience, obviously, you know, if you want recallability and whatnot, it's it, it's an inevitability, particularly if you're doing commercial work. But I don't know, I don't know how you whether, what sort of relationship you have with that stuff. I'll use it in the evenings when I'm sitting at home and I just, I have an idea and I just want to sort of bang it out in Ableton. I use plugins and then I'll go back and replace them. Uh, but this, I thought this software, everyone's talking about how complex and big it is, but I, I think there's an underlying simplicity to it uh, for someone that certainly that understands modular synthesizers and mo understands the general uh, signal flow of a synth. The idea that you could go in and work with those nodes and create something very quickly that then translates uh, to these huge sounds, I found that really, really interesting. It reminded me of the old Nord Modular, 
where mm. you can very quickly, you know, pull a preset in and just swap a node out very fast and come up with something really interesting. So this, mm. although it is huge on the front end, I think the fact that you have access to the back end and you can visually see exactly what's going on makes it very easy to work with. And this is definitely something that I would, uh, I would pull up and tinker around with. Interesting. It's interesting you you uh, you liked it to the Nord modular, which is interesting. There's never really been a, a kind of I guess reactor might have been, but reactors almost to the point because you had to build the knobs, you know, and everything. That's sure. that's. Almost, and I, I should also point out that because he's, I mean, he did tell me a little bit about this in the the, the video piece that was shot at uh, Brooklyn Friends that it's coded for modern hyperthreads. So the the CPU load is it, it's very efficient. I don't know if that's uh, Amazing. a difference to you, Paulie. You probably run loads of them on your uh, your M1 Mac. Possibly, yeah, yeah. I've I've got very sort of um two ends of computers in my life, very very early ones and now I've got a modern one. Um I think I'm going to buy this. This is right. another thing okay. I didn't necessarily know, but I'm like just reading through the algorithms and I'm like addicted because it's it's got its digital and VA oscillators with hard sync and bit crush, then four op FM, wave sequencing with four op FM. Um the Nautilus can do wave sequencing or it can do FM. You can't do both at once. Physical modeling and you can import sound font files, so I could import my old, you know, samples that I've uh made multi samples that i've made so i think i'm definitely going to grab this to play with um and yeah it doesn't look doesn't look too bad that i don't think i'm not entirely sure how the nodes work but we'll see i think it's pretty i think you're right though i think it's for things like this to really take hold, you generally have to have a kind of easy way in for the for the novice, I suppose. Yeah, yeah definitely. The novice may be, may be enticed into sort of then finding a bit more about about it. And I imagine there's that thing yes. where you go, oh, look, there's a pretty picture with four knobs on it. And suddenly, oh, what's behind there? Oh, my God. You know, it's like it's going to be a bit of a <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It'd be a bit of a surprise. You know, it's like, oh, I see. Well, maybe, uh, maybe this is or isn't for me. I don't know. Perhaps. It's a, a curious mark. I know that there's this kind of macro mode with, you know, um, uh, just a few parameters and a little bit to tweak, but maybe there could be an even more intermediate level of a kind of uh, slight training wheels mode, but say it's just built for a certain thing, like just a 4-up FM setup Mm. with no distractions, you know what I mean? Uh, some kind of presets that you can't really alter that would be kind of good for learning it and maybe a series of um i don't know if this exists in it already a series of tutorial kind of patches could be useful Mm. i think there's a whole load uh, of defaults which kind of give you a basic subtractive a basic sample because it does sample playback it does you know so yeah maybe but i don't know yeah. i mean it's only it is only one guy i mean he didn't look he didn't look exhausted yeah, yeah, sure. but i'm sure he's probably flat out <laughs> i mean i can't imagine he's yeah i mean incredibly he, he was very good yeah i mean he was very good to work with i have to say i mean we talked a lot about when doing the review we had a lot of two-way com- conversations about you know chipping away at a few of the corners that i hit straight away you know i mean what i think one of the criticisms i i left it with was that it could do with sort of preset nodes. So it felt like you had to build everything every time. This is with version mm, one, it may be different now. But uh, initially, you were having to stick a node in and then 
pick things from a menu and then wire it up. And it felt like it would be great if I could just grab a preset thing, like Paulie says, and slap that on the page and then wire those things up. So that may be possible now um, because he was very, very amenable to, to ideas and and getting yeah. it better you know and also yeah, i mean just really a cool. shout out to, to traction with the way they seem to have a really interesting bunch of synthesizer software synthesizer developers within their little ship or house mm. barn whatever it is you know they curate these little <laughs> synths from people like this and uh, and they're great they're really quirky and, and interesting they're some of the most interesting bits and pieces coming out of there at the minute yeah, well, don't forget though. I think Wave Razor, wasn't it? Was uh, from uh, Mock, yeah. uh, which was Taiho Yamada. He uh, he, that was a software thing first, I think, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. But there was a track part of the Traction family. Yeah, interesting stuff. Anyway, um, I, I thought it was worth a shout out. It's something you should definitely check out. Waves, I think it's wavesequencer.com, if I remember correctly. Um, let's have a look. Is it? Uh, well, it's that link anyway. You can find the link to it if you uh, check out the um, the the web page that i just put a link to well I, I i know robin you've got a head off uh for a um um real life stuff so what i might do is uh, just bring things to a close because i've got some things i've got to sort out as well my carney demoting yeah. and all that sort of stuff so uh paulie you're going to be uh, live streaming a little bit later on is that right yeah in about an hour Going straight into it in about an hour excellent which you can find is that on the magical synth adventure 3216 channel it is <laughs> Excellent. I don't know Snappy. why I added three two one six to my because thing, there were three thousand two hundred and fifteen other magical synth adventure d- identities. So yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> there must be. Yeah, yeah. And you thought so, you were original? Um, How disappointing! <laughs> I know, crushing. Uh, but that's okay. Um, yes. So please tune in in about an hour's time for some JVXV weirdness. Excellent. Look forward to it. <laughs> Nice no wedding presets, just <laughs> just, just weird stuff. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Paulie. And uh, Robin, I'm going to go to you next because you might have to dash out the door any second. Thanks ever so much. And well done for Synth East. You know, it's it's important that we, you know, I mean, we do our own small things, but you've really gone for it mm. and gone. You've, you've been very ambitious. And by all accounts, everything has just gone very well. So I'm very pleased to, to hear that. Yeah, it, it, it has. I mean, I have an awful lot of support from people and, uh, you know, the, the venue, Electronic Sound Magazine, you know, and all the people who come along tons of people giving up their time being generous with their, their their time and their situation to 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 make this such a great little uh, community focused synthesizer crazy time oh it's been totally excellent. brilliant totally brilliant excellent well i I'm, i hope you're buzzing as as you should be after that and it get, it fuels you through the last bleak weeks of the the early winter <laughs> the the late winter because you know february can be a bit and march can be a bit crap so you'll you'll come out like a a smiling butterfly uh in march and ready for um ready for super booth that sounds perfect yes i don't know what i'm saying i'm just saying anything that comes to mind and of course richard nickel thank you very much for joining us as well it's lovely to have you as ever um i'm pleased oh i've just noticed is that an apollo model is that one of the airfix ones that you have to build yourself I used to have one of those, I'm sure. The rocket. Legos. Oh, it's a Lego yeah, it's, one. Okay. It's all Legos. <laughs> it's le- it, I like- actually, I, I hate to be a pedant, but it is actually Lego. <laughs> but there you go. I just, I, I mean, it's American. <laughs> that's the American way of saying it. <laughs> but the, it's, it's, there's more than there's more than one Lego there. 
It's it's, it's yeah, like uh, us. I can't no? tell from it. All right. No. I, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like sheep, you know. <laughs> you don't say sheeps. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. That's true. Fair. You don't right. say sheeps. No, not, not, no. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, Richard, I wish you all the best with your launch. I will be waiting with bated breath for next week when, uh, when the news will be uh, probably available with everybody. Uh, I, but thank you very much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure and you're welcome anytime. Oh, thank you. It's yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, I, on Sunday, we're going to put out a little, uh, maybe the dumbest teaser video we've ever done. And then, yeah, Monday we should have something new for everyone to see. Excellent. All righty. Okay. Well, um, I'll just go to the fours up for the final shot. Uh, don't forget, um, our EMOM is on Friday, this Friday. If you're in the area, do come and uh, uh, grab a. Uh, I think, if, uh, yeah, get, if I press that, what's that? If I press that button, this is the link to it. There you go. That's the link. Uh, you can get tickets, and there's also details to the live stream as well. Sorry, I nearly cut, nearly hit you in the chin there, Robin, with that lower third. I do beg your pardon. Anyway, that's <laughs> it for this week. Thank you ever so much. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. Um, we'll see you all, um, well, we'll see you live on Friday, but we'll see you the following Wednesday. Take care. Bye-bye now. Cheers.